When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. behind the scenes right now happy friday everybody thank you all so much for tuning in to the ph next coyotes podcast don't forget to hit that like button subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review i'm leah here with craig and sean pd was gonna come in today and then we went to dinner last night and that was enough social interaction for him so he's <laughs> staying home today. well put i was gonna say hangover that's better uh, but more PD, accurate pd will be calling in um, at the end of the show to talk about said dinner. Because... I wonder if he'll be wearing his shady rays. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but anyway, how are you doing, Craig? I'm uh, I'm okay. The animals were uh, active last night, <laughs> put it that way. Like dog, your pets? Cat, or dog, like... cat, dog, cat. Yeah, it was crazy last night. I think I woke up every hour on the hour. Ugh. It was nuts. Awful, awful. Well, it's all good. It's Friday. Yep, it is Friday and we have a packed show today. We had the chance to catch up with Charlie McTavish, who is the Arizona Coyotes goaltending development coach. Obviously, the Coyotes added a ton of goaltenders this summer, so we had a good conversation with him the other day. And shout out, Charlie, for being flexible um, yes, because yes. we were supposed to have him live, and then the Logan Cooley news broke, and we had to shuffle some things around, but we're really excited Um to show you guys our conversation with Charlie because it's really insightful. Yeah, and, and this, I mean, I know people read my stories and they know that I talk to the development staff, but not only are these guys really good at what they do and they've, they've obviously invested a lot of resources for the first time in this franchise's history in a development staff, but for me personally, these guys are all really good quotes. They give really good insight into what they're doing, which helps me so much. And I think that will come through with Charlie today. Absolutely. But before we get to that, um, a couple of notes to get to. We've started every show since Wednesday with Logan Cooley, and we're not going to stop now because let's keep riding the wave of fun. Um, Logan Cooley spoke to the media yesterday in his you know, post-signing availability, if you will, and Craig and I had the chance to be there. Craig asked some great questions, and yeah. Craig... <laughs> okay. You know, there were some other great questions asked as well. But there were. There were actually was a good interview yeah, yesterday. Yeah, really good. But Craig, what were your kind of overall takeaways from talking to Logan? Well, it yesterday? just it sort of underscored some of the things that I knew already from having done that Q and A with him. You know, there was so much talk outside from other markets. In fact, getting replies in a tweet today from some knucklehead. Oh, you mean people on Twitter being yeah, not some knucklehead reasonable? who thinks, oh, he's just signing there to facilitate a trade. Like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> 
whatever. There's still this narrative that, oh, he doesn't want to play there. Um, he was going to go four years of college and somehow become a free agent, which he literally just laughed at when I brought that up. Yeah. There was no chance, as he said, of that happening. It was just about whether he was going to be able to chase another national championship, get a little better as a player. But all the time that I was talking to him in that Q&A that I did earlier this month, I just had the feeling you could just sense it in him. He really wanted to turn pro. He was just looking for an opening. The The arena thing, I think, threw off the entire camp that we know the Bartlett's represent him and Clayton Keller. It threw everyone for a loop. They're wondering what's coming next. Um, and you can't really say that that's resolved by any stretch, but all the moves that Bill Armstrong made, Logan's visit here, and then just starting to think more and more, do I really want to go back to school again? They lost a lot of players off that roster last season, so challenging for another national championship was going to be difficult anyway. And as he said, in that q and I'm weighing some things still, and well, the scales tipped in the Coyotes' favor, and here he is, Logan Cooley will be on the ice at Mullet Arena next season. Wearing number 92 for those who are ordering jerseys. Um, yep. I know Tim already can, had to change his jersey <laughs> order. Um, but yeah, on Wednesday we talked a lot about the potential reasons. You just listed a few, but he actually said in the availability yesterday, you know, the moves that were made mm-hmm. um, in free agency and the coaching staff and the coaching staff comes up again and again. And I think there's this misconception around the Coyotes organization about like all this dysfunction and like there is in on the business side, but the hockey side. And I think this is what people forget. And it's unfortunate that the two are associated so closely. Of course they are. Of well, course sure. they are. And, and who holds the purse strings, right? Ex- so yeah, exactly. Like I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they should be separate, but for the players in the locker room, we heard mm-hmm. from Troy Stetcher. We then heard from Logan Cooley. Like it's so clear on the hockey side that the way this team is moving, the it's exciting. Yeah. Um, the coaching staff has been great to the players. There's there's a lot of excitement with the prospect pool, the development staff, and I think that's felt. And when Logan Cooley was here a few weeks ago, I'm sure he felt that. And as he was weighing this decision, you know, enough st- things tipped it over that way. But I just thought it's it's interesting. Once again, Andre Tierney comes up mm-hmm. um, as as a reason for coming to this team. So it's just further, you know, bolstering his resume and hopefully we'll get an extension. Petey and I've been talking about this so much. Uh, we've both been around this franchise a long time. It's just, it's tight. Hockey ops is tighter than it's ever been. And, and part of that in the past has been a product of resources. And you can say, you know, what you want about uh, spending in the roster, those sorts of things. And, and listen, there's, there's reasons for it. They're, they're playing at mullet arena. They're, they're, they're learning to run lean right now while they try and build this thing. So there, there is some logic on the business side, but when you look at hockey operations, right, when Bill Armstrong comes in, he identifies scouting as a critical area. Hello. It hasn't been enough of an emphasis in the coyotes history. You look at the past drafts, it's pretty clear that they didn't have the resources devoted to it. They do now. You take another step forward. Well, actually, you bring in Andre Turinier as your coach, and clearly that is making an impact because you saw the entire core, basically the entire core, other than Jacob Chikrin, take a major step forward in their progression. And then you invest in development because it's at that stage where you have enough prospects in the system where you need to. You get Lee Stemniak in charge. You get guys like Charlie McDavish or Curtis Foster or Jeff Shantz. I'm, I'm forgetting people. Sorry, I'm just blanking right now. It's the uh, it's the waking up every hour. Yeah. 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 But 
you're investing in those resources. You need to invest in those resources and, and they're doing it. So it's nice to see things done the right way. And then the last thing is the plan, right? The rebuild plan. Some people might say they might be jumping jumping things uh, or taking things forward a, a step too far this season. I'm not sure I agree with that. I mean, there, there's no guarantee that they're going to be in a high draft position next season. Maybe you can make the argument you need to do it one more time. But again, you have to keep the core satisfied as well. You can't just keep telling these players like Clayton Keller and Lawson Krause, sorry, it's going to be another year. We're going to be terrible. We're just trying to accumulate draft assets and draft as high as we can. At some point, they get tired of it. So you have to make concessions. It's a balance. It can't just be this black and white. We're going to keep keep getting high draft picks. We're going to try and get that center and that defenseman that we need, maybe still on this roster. You have to make some concessions. The job isn't that simple. Yep. And PD in the chat said, not sure if it's true, but I heard walking and talking changed his mind. Um, <laughs> I well, did say that yesterday. We'll let, we'll let that rumor swirl. Um, okay. Moving on from Logan Cooley. And don't worry, we'll talk about him lots more this summer. Um, but the big thing coming up this weekend is Jack McBain's. Just want to say Nathaniel Brooks, oh. too. I, I was trying. I was blanking. Sorry, Nathaniel. <laughs> just uh, didn't get much sleep last night. Okay. So just I'm, wanted to throw that name okay. out there. So. Um, Jack McBain's arbitration date is this Sunday, July 30th. And today, Elliot Friedman um, revealed where the team and the player are at this point in time. So per Elliot Friedman, the team is currently proposing a two-year deal with 1.2 million per year and McBain is one year deal 2.25 million which I think is interesting usually I feel like the player wants more term yeah I guess it depends on the situation it, do, it does actually because you saw there was a similar situation earlier this summer so it, it it's going to be somewhere in between right if it goes to arbitration which is until Monday um right now Sunday. there's Sunday. Uh, what's that it's Sunday Sunday the 30th is Sunday it is Sunday yeah wow yeah um, see, yeah, no sleep. Craig is anyway, doing great. <laughs> but anyway, there's, there's time to get it done. Right. And we'll see if that happens. But if it doesn't look, this is going to be resolved by an ar arbitrator. And I, I think that whatever happens in arbitration, the counties are going to be okay with it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And Joel asked, um, with the amount of contracts now is unique out completely. Um, Craig covered that in his article this morning uh, that literally just went up right before showtime at gophnx.com. All of the different ways the Yanyik scenario can play out. Um, but if McBain gets signed on Sunday, which he probably will, it's just a it's just a matter of what the contract's going to be. The Coyotes will be at 49 of 50 roster spots, and Yanyik can either be that 50th or they'll leave that one empty, which we've talked about Bill Armstrong has done in the past to leave things open for waiver pickups, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Um, but once McBain is signed and I think I don't want to like offend anyone here, but I don't think everyone's like losing sleep over Jan Unique. I think. No, it's, it's a weird situation, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it, you're trying to figure out what's going on here. Um, I, I tried to reach his agent, Alan Walsh. She hasn't returned my messages. Um, Jan Unique just doesn't have any leverage here. He hasn't played many games. Um, he's been, up and down at the AHL, he's had some injury situations, unfortunately, that have probably hampered his development. But I, I guess you can turn down the qualifying offer and then maybe try and reach uh, an agreement on something else. But it, again, I, I don't, I don't know what his leverage is. What, what Jan Yannick or his camp expect at this point, given his pro resume to this point. Now, as I outlined in, outlined in the story, he's got some options here. There, none of them are great options. You can hope that a a team signs you to an offer sheet. Alan Walsh even alluded to that in a, yeah. in a tweet that he put out, and and then the Coyotes have to decide whether or not to match it. You could request a trade. Um, 
we'll see if any team has interest in Yan Yunyik. So far, nothing doing as far as I know. Um, he could sit out. He could just sit out and not play and not get paid, which is an awful option. And if he doesn't sign by December 1st with the Coyotes or an other NHL team, he's not eligible to play in the uh, NHL this season. And then the final option is maybe he goes and plays in Europe. Maybe he goes back to Chechia or plays in another league. But none of those are an ideal option for a young Yannick, unless, of course, he can force a move to another team. Maybe that's what he wants at this yeah. point. Yeah, and we don't know because we haven't heard. But yep. nope. uh, these are kind of the last couple of loose ends for the Coyotes this offseason on the ice, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we won't get into the rest of it. <laughs> um, and we're probably going to talk a lot more about Jack McBain on Monday after whatever results um, from arbitration. So join us on Monday. See, that's why I had Monday in my head. Yeah, because we're going to talk about we're it. We're going to talk about it on Monday. Yeah, we will. Um, it's so McBain Monday. McBain... <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, so more McBain conversation on Monday and anything that happens with Yannick, you know, Craig will have it reported um, on Twitter or on gophnx.com as well. Any other notes on ho the hockey topics we have just talked about before <laughs> we on the hockey topics? I've got move some other on. thoughts. But... Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it is the weekend and the weekend is the best time to kick back, relax and enjoy a nice ice cold Four Peaks beer. Whatever your beer taste is, Four Peaks has something for you. We love the peach. We love the wow. Last night at dinner, they yeah. had wow. It was like it was an Italian restaurant where you don't know what anything on the menu is because everything's so Italian. But they had wow. And we were talking about it. And the server comes over and goes, oh, like, you got to have wow. So it's universally <laughs> loved by everyone. Um, he had a beer. He did. He did. The rest of us, I think, were... We were we went wine. We had we had bottles of wine on the table. Bottles, bottles. plural. Um, we'll get to that later. But yep. you can check out at Forks or at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. Another way you can enjoy your weekend is with our friends over at OGs. Um, OGs. I mean, OGs. Oh, golly, um, OGs. Oh, amazing, amazing, delicious flavors. They they have amazing flavors for summer as well. Um, the fruits, red apple, watermelon, peach, the creams, blackberries and cream, orange cream, school, peaches and cream. All of those flavors scream summer to me. Obviously, the brand new pink lemonade flavor, which is flying off the shelves, um, and. It, it's, they now have multiple flavor bags, so you can get all of your favorite flavors Whoa. in the same bag. It's just a completely stacked lineup by OGs. Um, so with the new fruits and creams, assorted packs, their sleep edition gummies, the strawberry and cream, happy balance, the lightweight friendly mini OGs, our pals at OGs most definitely have something for you. We highly recommend you check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase okay well charlie it's time to hear from uh, arizona coyotes goaltending development coach charlie mctavish so without further ado let's send it over to charlie we're excited to welcome in arizona coyotes goaltending development coach charlie mctavish to the show charlie thank you so much for joining us welcome to the show it's my pleasure thanks for having me we were just talking before we went live here that uh, you're you're in your backyard. You're now like the fourth guest to call in from outside, and it's starting to get upsetting for yeah, us. I think they're rubbing it in. Yeah, like it's uh, <laughs> you, you like you melt when you go outside here. Yeah, yeah, it's getting it's getting rough. But um, we appreciate you joining us. Obviously, there is a lot of goaltending 
things happening around this organization. So. Yeah, Petey and I like talking goaltending. Yeah, uh, I'm tired of it. I'm always outnumbered. It's always three goalies, two goalies. So, uh, yeah. but the, 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 the IQ on the show literally just went up with another goalie. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. Well, yeah, zero to one is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. All right, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, Greg. Charlie, before we dive into, I've talked with you a few times and and we've gotten really deep on some topics like the differences between the way nations trade. I, I love all that stuff. I could talk with Petey and I could talk that stuff <laughs> for two hours with you. But I want to get a brief bio on you first. Give us a little bit of your background in hockey, where you grew up and, and you know, some of the things you've done along the way to get to this point. Yeah, well, I grew up in uh, Ottawa. Um, my whole life and played uh, junior hockey there and I actually got into coaching uh, when I was 20 I stopped playing uh, one I just wasn't really that uh, fantastic I guess and I also had some some pretty bad hip issues so I had to make a choice there at a younger age so uh, coaching a long time and uh, you know did the school thing um, ran a, a built and ran a training facility in Ottawa and then got a little bit more serious on uh, coaching, I call that kind of instructing versus coaching. So coaching with the, in a team environment, and I think it's a totally kind of different realm. Obviously, there's crossover, but um, had the opportunity to work with uh, Andre Tournier and, and Mario in uh, Ottawa with the 67s for a couple of years. And then um, I guess kind of graduate in this position at the same time. So it's been my journey. How did that uh, opportunity with the 67s come along? Uh, it came along twice, actually. The first time uh, I didn't uh, get the job uh, and actually was a, a very deserving uh, goalie coach by the name of Andy Kyoto, who's with the Pittsburgh Penguins now. He's yep. a great guy and a great coach. So, uh, And then when he moved on, I, I ended up um, interviewing again and getting that, that spot with them. So pretty fortunate. You were running, uh, uh, what's it called, complete goaltending development as well at the time? Or tell me how that started and is that still going on or do you even not have time for that anymore? Yeah, I, at the time, I guess I was scaling back a little bit when I joined the 67s, but I had been running that for about 12 years. It was a goalie school in Ottawa and uh, we, we trained out of our, like we literally built our own ice uh, facility. It was like a studio ice, about 74 by 56 foot wide real ice. Uh, and there was a gym and a physio and different training kind of mechanisms there. So it uh, that took a large part of my time. But but by the time I ended up with the 67s, my I was able to step back and let other guys take the realm. And it's I don't have any involvement, but it is still running. Uh, they've changed names, but it's still running in Ottawa um, happily without me. And then last question before we start diving into some of these topics. Can you refresh my memory on how the Coyotes opportunity came along? Who called you? Who'd you talk to? I'm sure Andre had something to do with that, given your past with him. Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, it was as, it was simple as they were they needed somebody they were, or they were looking, I guess, and interviewing a, a lot of people. And um, Andre just gave me a shout and said, hey, you know, they asked if I knew anybody and said, uh, yeah, you know, Charlie did a, you know, I guess a half decent job in Ottawa with me so that, you know, that, that <laughs> candidate, if you want to interview him. So, uh, that was probably my foot in the door and, um, uh, that's how I, I kind of got started. 
I'm guessing the term half decent probably didn't get you the job. I, you probably said something else. <laughs> other than that, so. oh, man. We had a, we had some good runs. We had a couple of good years there. So oh yeah. man, all right. Well, let's dive into um, the the Coyotes, and there are now seven goalies to manage in the system right now. We saw a ton get drafted this draft. Um, Matt Bielta got added at free agency. For you, is that daunting that there's this many goalies are in the, in the system? Is it exciting or is it a little bit of a mix of both? Well, it's it's exciting for sure. And it'll uh, it'll change, not change my job, but I'll just have to manage my travel and my time a little bit differently and allocate myself in, uh, I guess, all over the world at different times. So, um, no, I think it's really exciting to have those guys in the system and, and uh, some new blood and adding uh, Matt Villalta to the organization i'm excited to get to work with him so uh no i'm i'm excited about it so how did you approach this because i know when you're you talk about working at goalie schools and you're talking about players it's a kids 8 to 15 you're teaching them the basics now you're getting goalies that are fully formed they have their styles they have the way they play how do you approach teaching and educating them now that they're older well there's definitely still a technical kind of foundation to it that you'd, you'd probably be surprised on how much that is still a part of the coaching of, of the game. I actually think as the game gets faster, you need to simplify it. So those basics um, really are the foundation of everything because you don't have time to do anything extra. Um, and then obviously kind of perceiving the game, trying to slow the game down mentally, visually in front of you. Uh, so you're not always overreacting and, and feeling like you're behind the play. I think that's a huge, huge learning curve um, for these guys. So the ability kind of to teach that part of the game. And, and I mean, Corey Schwab's one of, I think, one of the best guys at that. And I've learned a ton uh, just working with him over the last couple of years. So that's that's kind of one of those hurdles, I feel, when guys kind of get into the professional level it's learning how to manage the game and slow it down so they can use their skills to give them the best chance want to dive into those guys a little more in a moment but with with the four new goaltenders that were just added uh leah mentioned matt vialta for the ahl but then the drafting of michael robble melker thielen carson musser how much do you know about those guys and then how do you get up to speed when these guys are scattered all over the globe um is it going to be video uh you're gonna do zoom calls with them you're gonna get some face-to-face meetings how does that whole process work now well i I think the our development camp's a great kickoff to that you get to meet the guys right away in person have conversations jump on the ice immediately with them so there's no kind of downtime uh from when they're drafted to that meeting them in person um so i think that's great um and then from then on we use that week or I use that week to kind of develop a little bit of a plan and a schedule over the summer, try to touch base with all their, you know, their people, their coaches, their strength coaches, their head coaches, goalie coaches, all that stuff. So doing the due diligence there and just um, try not to do too much too fast. Cause you know, they're kind of halfway through their summer through their process. Just want to make sure they're on track at that point and slowly develop those relationships. Um, and then with, with a guy like Matt, actually, just luckily for me, he's he's only a couple hours away. He lives north of Kingston. Um, mm. So I had the opportunity to uh, see him on the ice. Actually, ironically, we we're both in Ottawa, even though we both don't live there. So I was on the ice with him there um, and had a couple conversations with him. Actually, he was in Sault Ste. Marie when I was uh, in Ottawa with the 67. So I'm pretty familiar with him from going that far back. 
um, and obviously playing him in our division two for the last couple of years. So there, although we had never met, I think um, it was a really easy transition because I think we had, um, I well, I'd watched him play many, many times, and I think our names were familiar with, with each other. So, Just getting into that process a little bit more. When Brian Decord was here, um, you know, he'd sort of coordinate the entire goaltending department. He's, he's not there now. So will you have more travel because there are more guys to look at around the globe will you split that up with other people what is how will all the duties be divvied up for the the goaltending department well it, it yeah definitely to answer your question directly yeah there's there'll definitely be some more travel this year on my end than there was uh prior just having to go to to all those cities uh where we have guys but also it's just you know it's and ended up being a a big team effort and and i think one of the advantages of working in uh, you know to be honest i don't know if we have a like the size of our staff comparatively to other teams in terms of goaltending, but we have our, our scout clay, um, yeah. Rich Schwab is, uh, is our goalie coach and then myself. So it's kind of nice. We can stay nimble as, as three, we meet, um, on a conversation, uh, the three of us every month throughout the year, just to make sure everybody's up to date on, on each other's, uh, responsibilities and roles. So as we grow closer to the draft, um, you know, Clay has a lot of information for us and, and we help him out a little bit as as that gets closer. And then throughout the season, we're just updating each other kind of how the prospects are doing. Um, and then Schwabi gives us a little bit of information how the guys are doing the NHL. So really, it's a team effort and ju- even just divvying up the work a little bit. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, Rabbles in UMass. He's an hour and a bit away from where Clay lives. So Clay may and go and see him play a couple times. Uh, we'll have a conversation about it, and that'll be you know part of our touches throughout the year. So uh, we're able to share some of the, re- the responsibility that way. Okay. You've talked about the you know the laying the foundation and the physical side and and the on ice performance, but but we know that goaltending is a lot more than that. I mean, it, there's all you know it's a, there's a huge mental component. Do you find yourself throughout the winter being part counselor, part sports psychologist and, you know, help building these guys and that part of the game as well? Yeah, you said part. It's like full. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it can be. I mean, every day can be a new challenge for sure. That's what's kind of the fun part about the job is um, one day to the next, you may need to put on that hat a little bit more uh, than another. So that's definitely a challenge. And, and with guys kind of turning from amateur to pro, uh, especially if they're at a young age, 19, 20, 21, um, you know, there's life gets thrown at them pretty quickly. They're living in a, some of them a totally different continent, you know, different language, different everything, right from just going and buying groceries to, to going out and driving cars. Like it, it can all be very different. So yeah, there's definitely a huge component of getting them to feel as comfortable as possible just in their environment in life outside of hockey um, which in turns I think helps them focus on hockey when they don't need to worry about all that other stuff so yes okay Uh, I want to dive a little bit into the AHL in particular with Matt Vialta coming in how does this change the dynamic with Ivan Prozvatov what's that you know that duo gonna look like down in Tucson um, not trying to dodge your question. I'm, I'm actually not a hundred percent sure, uh, what that's going to look like, but uh, both guys are, I know, very competitive and they're both going to want to play. Um, so I, uh, you know, hopefully it's a, it's a healthy competition. 
uh, between between the two of them, and they're two very capable goalies. So I think it's going to probably shake out um, between the two of them, and uh, there's a healthy respect, I'm sure. Uh, they've been fortunate so far that kind of every tandem in one way or another has, has worked well together, and so I, I don't expect anything different with, with this tandem. So... Um, and look, I think they're probably both looking forward to the challenge, and, and so am I. So Ivan Prozvitov, I'm curious, just from your point of view, what you saw from him last season and what you're, you still want to see from him. Well, I saw some more consistency in his kind of the fundamentals and how he's adapted the technical part of his game to that level. I think um, he's found a bit of a formula that's working for him. Um, now I think it's just a matter of being really consistent with it day in and day out. Um, if you look at, if you look at him, just watching him move as a goalie from his first year to, you know, last year, it doesn't even look like the same guy in a, in a good way. Um, so he's done a lot of work to, uh, get himself to that point from a, I think from a structural standpoint, which allows him to play at that level. Uh, and now. It's just the consistency of doing it every every night because he's shown he's capable of it. Charlie, Michael Robble is the highest drafted goalie for the Coyotes in 13 years. Um, what does that say about his potential, the belief in his potential? What sort of pressure does it create for him? And then what sort of pressure does having such a high-profile prospect create for the rest of the system, for the other guys? Um, to, to be honest... To be honest, I don't know if it creates a ton of pressure. Well, at least not yet. I mean, he's still got a couple years of school. He's just start starting um, uh, at UMass this year. So I think if if we're able to or if I'm able to help him along and, and kind of get him acclimated uh, slowly but surely, we can alleviate some of that pressure. Because I'm sure internally, um, yeah, there, there's probably some. But I think keeping – kind of a big picture mindset, being patient, focusing on what you can focus on and not looking too far down the road, which easier said than done for some of these guys. Yeah. Um, just keep their mind where their feet are at all times uh, is the trick. But um, that's that's part of the development process in, in any position. You know, guys, they want that next, next thing now and they want to get called up and they're all super competitive people and that's what makes them great. And sometimes they just have to be a little bit patient and, and trust the process and trust themselves within that process. So I think if you can do that, um, all, him and all our prospects, they'll, they'll be fine. And uh, I mean, it's great that we were able to get a guy in that spot and uh, the, the next two, they're, they're all fantastic picks. All right. I want to revisit a topic that forced me to keep you on the phone for probably 20 minutes longer than I intended <laughs> the last time we talked, but I just found it so interesting. You and I talked at length about the differing styles of goaltending goal coaching between nations without going as long as we did on that phone conversation. Um, can you give us some highlights of how things differ from nation to nation and how that impacts development and how you navigate those different differing styles when you bring along prospects, knowing that they're coming from different cultures and different teachings. Yeah, it's it's actually really interesting. It's almost hard not to talk for 45 minutes about it. because that's <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> I'm all yours. There's a lot of layers. We could bore a lot of people. But uh, <laughs> no, it is interesting. And I, I think, you know, you get a little bit, I don't want to say 
the like the word copycat, but you you get things that work that get implemented um, not only just with certain, I guess, goalie coaches, but like you said, within national development programs. And sometimes those trends you can see them as guys are developing. Uh, you may see something in a goalie, and you know I can think I would think oh he's Finnish or he's Swedish without actually knowing where he's from just by the way he's moving and he's playing and kind of what they priority prioritize in their development. Um, so that part of it I've always found really interesting. And then kind of to see who's uh, which countries are are I guess leading maybe we could say at the draft, but then comparatively five years down the road and 10 years down the road, how that all kind of washes out. I, I don't know if we're quite there on being able to analyze and assess that maybe a couple more years of, of data, but um, yeah. And, and, it, and then it also goes down to the teams that are selecting, like they, it's interesting that they almost have preferences too. You have uh, scouts and, and staff and coaches that um, they have a criteria that, that they think is going to be successful and you can kind of see that shake out in their picks as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question, but I well, can say I can, there's... I can follow up as you know, I, I ask yeah, a lot sure. of follow-up questions. <laughs> so for instance, we had Kevin Woodley on the show a while back and he talked about the, the philosophy in Russia is often, sometimes there's just not the coaching. They, these guys just go out and play and they learn how to stop the puck on their own. They, they learn how to use, their athleticism a lot. It's not as robotic as it can be in some other nations. Um, Karel Vimelka, in a story that he just wrote for uh, the Czech version of the Players' Tribune, talked about the same thing. The The way he came up was just his, his goalie coach never made him do this, this, and this in certain situations. He just wanted him to get a feel for the game and reads and uses athleticism. That's not always the case somewhere else. So maybe just give us snapshots of what it looks like country by country, at least for the major playing nations. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great way to sum it up. So, you know, I've had conversations where I feel in, in Russia, for example, they may not have a lot of coaching and and I call it like they're just surviving, like <laughs> in terms of their in their development. It's sometimes I think, if hey, if you're 13 or 14 and you're still able to play or you've uh, you've adapted enough that you're still playing at this level, then they might get a little bit of coaching. But what they've done is they've acquired the skill sets or proven the skill sets to, to actually be able to play the game on, with natural talent. And I often will refer to natural talent versus manufactured talent. So kind of what you're talking about there with, with Kevin is they're being rigid or, or robotic, I call that manufactured talent. So you can look really good and move really good, but at the end of the day, do you have a natural ability to see the see the puck and understand the game and make the saves um, with like instinctually? So w what I found is, we'll use Russia as example. Some of those guys they come over to North America at fourteen and fifteen, and they wouldn't even be there if they didn't have a natural ability already. So now they get a foundation of structure and a bit of uh, technical coaching, but you're layering it on a natural ability, whereas I think guys in North America, and I'll call out my own country, Canada, we we coach them from such young age that they can get by to a certain level with a lot of coaching and a good structural foundation. And then they get exposed at a bit of a higher level mm -hmm. because they don't actually have the natural ability to be able to play the game at that level. And that's where it, it, this, this Charlie, this is where I like, I, 
this is where I get frustrated and I'm an American and I, the North American style. And I see it here in Arizona, we don't have the pool of goalie coaches. And so what they, they, they haven't played the position, don't understand it. So they go to the internet and I see, Oh, when the puck's here, I go down when the puck's here, I stand up when the puck. And that's where I think you really start to see that, that robot. And I watch it. And when you see goalies 15 to 18, I can tell, Craig and I've looked at guys. Here's here's where he got coached. The puck is there, regardless if it's his teammate. If it's a, what the situation is, he's going down. And I think that that I, I think partly is because there just aren't enough knowledgeable, qualified goalie coaches. It's just guys. Hey, and and again, you got to take the coaching you can get. But I but I agree with your assessment completely. And here's where I have to bring up my favorite topic. <laughs> if I didn't talk to a goal again, I didn't bring it up. I'd be remiss. Uh, I've talked about this with Corey Schwab a lot. The RVH drives me absolutely <laughs> bonkers. If I see a six foot seven goalie get beat from the wall at the goal line over his shoulder, I go out of my mind. <laughs> I know it's essential. I know you need it. What are your thoughts on the RVH? That could be a longer debate than our last question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You get a couple goalie coaches in the same room and we're, we're all, we all have a different opinion on it, I think. So, um, like you said, I think it's a tool. It's necessary to understand how to implement it. I think, I think the timing, the when and the where is probably the part that maybe doesn't get focused on enough yeah, and it's not so much getting in, but it's getting out of it. And that's where I find. And once guys in are in it, a lot of times they have this attitude, like they're taking up all the space and they're blocking quote unquote, um, where, where I think you can put yourself in that position be confident. There's really no net to shoot at and still have the ability to react in a, in a, you know, in a useful way without exposing or, or giving away holes by over moving. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the connections that that's lost there. And I, you do see more and more guys I find at that higher level getting into that position and still being somewhat in an athletic position where they can sure. still react from that position. Yeah. Whereas it used to be, you just get in there and, you know, Hey, the guy had to make a perfect shot to beat you, right. which still happens. But I feel like guys are reacting a little bit more from that position. And I think so the skilled players are better. Like they're, they're guys that can hit that spot. Now you Trevor Zegris and Clayton Keller. Yeah. And they, I think that the game, you have to be able to make a save from that position because the skill level is getting so like Connor McDavid, like it, he can, he can pick that spot from anywhere on the ice. So I, I agree with you. I think that that now they have to make a save, not just, Hey, I'm here. Hit me. Yeah, and well, here's the stat that we don't have, though, is how many goals have been saved because they were in that position and the right. puck was passed across crease. In the front. Able, in the yeah, and they were able to get there because they started yep. from the position or on a wraparound or whatever. So um, that's always the, yep. the counter argument to that is like, well, how many goals did we save from that that would not have been savable? Right. Mm. All right, last question before we let you go. We always talk about goaltenders needing more time to develop so I'm just curious, from your perspective, why is that? Um, I think my experience over the last couple of years um, has kind of has taught me that it's you can have some uh, kind of on what we're talking about. Actually, you can have some of the best technical and structural goalies ever, but I think it takes 
um, the uh, certain amount of repetitions, games, and um, I, focusing on a specific game plan. I think it takes time to make a game plan as a goalie that you're comfortable with, that you can play within. Um, I just think that there's takes more of those. And if you're splitting games, even playing 60, 65%, and other guys are playing full, you know, forward plays almost a full season. You just aren't getting as many reps as other players um, in those, you know, at the at the same position. So, I think that's a big part of it is because I think understanding the game takes longer, and you don't get as many reps as everybody else. Couple of things to follow up that with, um, Bill Bill Armstrong and I talked about often these these draft eligible goaltenders that year that they're draft eligible. They're going to be like in a backup situation in juniors, so you don't. It, it's like what you're saying right now. They're not getting a lot of games, so it's hard to evaluate them. But I want to ask that in in the context of a greater question: How is the evaluation process of tenders? Because I've heard a lot of goalie people complain about it from time to time that maybe the evaluation isn't where it needs to be. You guys, of course, have Clay, who who does a hell of a job, but it it, it seems to be still more of a modern thing where you have a goalie scout, you have that perspective rather than just the scouting department saying, Hey, I saw this guy and he looks big in net." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would, I would assume every team has a specific goalie scout. So that's probably come a long way in a short period of time as well. Um, and it's tough. I, I often debate, I think the draft year for a goalie should be pushed back one year because mm. like mm. you said, as long, as long, as hard as hard as it is to, um, or sorry, as long as it takes to develop a goalie, it's even harder at that age because for all the same reasons to evaluate a goalie. Evaluating a kid at 17 years old, um, often with all the same things I talked about before, they, life hits them fast at that age. They could be in a new billet and a new team in a new city. They just learn how to drive, da, 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 da. And then three months into their season, you know, we're evaluating for an NHL draft. So I think, Understanding the person is becoming more and more uh, important and valuable as well. The due diligence on the human, I think, makes a huge difference. Are they coachable? Are they teachable? Um, that's also going to influence their timeline uh, and their, you know, their their ability to develop as fast as possible within an organization. So I think, um, at least I know we put importance on that. I think a lot of teams probably do. Um, but I think that's definitely part of the process. All right. Well, Charlie, we can't thank you enough for your time. Um, super valuable insight about goaltending with, I guess, two fellow goalies here. But um, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your summer in the much cooler Ontario. And Seriously. we will see you uh, here back in Arizona in a couple months. I appreciate it. Thank you. And you'd be surprised how many times you're outnumbered by goalies in a, in a room. <laughs> You don't even realize it's too late. You're like, oh, I didn't know you were a goalie. And then next <laughs> every day. They're every everywhere. Day. They're everywhere. Charlie, I have a feeling I'm going to be talking to you frequently this year for my prospect reports. There are a lot of guys to check in on now. Charlie, yeah, change but. your number, <laughs> buddy. Jesus. All right. That's great. Thank Thanks, you. man. Thank you very much. 
I'm constantly outnumbered by goalies on the show. Yeah, and you, I think you know when you're in a room with goalies when there's intelligent conversation. <sighs> Usually, that's that's what tips you off, really. Oh, right, Petey? Oh Lord! Oh Lord! Where's Petey? Uh, no, don't bring Petey's him in not yet. Here keep yet. him in the green room. We got Petey keep in, him the, in green the green room. room. Oh, he was there. No, for a second. keep him there. Keep him there. Um, thank you to Charlie McTavish. Amazing insight. I feel like mm. I really got a picture of the difference between goaltenders from different countries we got some good insight on Prozatov and Bialta and Tucson uh, Michael Rabel so there's just a lot there and we really appreciate Charlie's time yeah a lot to talk about throughout the season with him yeah for sure um, so thank you again to Charlie McTavish for his time um, we'll be bring Petey on in a couple of minutes he's waiting patiently in the green room Not but so before patient. We do. I feel like Fridays are great days on the BetMGM app. First of all, I woke up this morning to a notification. You have a free bet waiting. Like they just gave me a free bet out of the blue. It said, don't need to do anything. It's already in your account. Just place it by Sunday. Like that's something good to wake up to. And then Craig brought donuts to the office. So good vibes today. Yep. Um, another thing you could do on Fridays on the BetMGM Sportsbook app is to place a no run first inning bet on any MLB game and if your bet loses but only one run is scored during the first inning you'll receive a bonus bet back equaling to your equaling your stake up to $25 and that is something that's only available on Fridays so if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet use the bonus code PHNX there's a few different offers depending on where you live but for our Arizona audience place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM, again, make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. So we will find out in a minute if Petey's wearing Shady Rays um, when he calls in. Um, but until then, check out Shady Rays. Go on their website. Scroll through. If you've never been on their website and you, you'll see all of the incredible styles, all of the different color options, you can get prescription. You can get actually blue light glasses from Shady Rays as well. Um, they're just phenomenal and they have something for you, whatever your sunglass style may be. And the best part is it's affordable. Um, and they have really great customer service as well. If you don't love them, you can return or exchange for free within 30 days. You can also check out their Kirlin location if, you, if you're one of those people who likes to physically put stuff on before you buy it. Um, so exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off. Like, that's a great deal. 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people okay we can bring him in now he, okay. we will allow it um oh, oh he is wearing his shady rays look at that let's go let's go <laughs> how you feeling today buddy bright i'm good what do you mean what am i how am i feeling i just hanging out the house i don't have to drive down i missed the donuts though you did miss the and donuts. I, and i miss i did miss there's a lot of references to your lack of sleep i did miss on why that was it was the animals my animals were active oh. last night Buddy, we're gonna have a talk when night. I get home. We're gonna have a talk. Yep. So this is the point of the show on Fridays where we normally do weekend binge, but due to events, I did finish Silo by the way, and oh. you were right about the final two yes. episodes. They redeemed the show, so now yes. I'm 
Um, and I'm watching yeah. quarterback. Okay, okay, this is our very abridged weekend binge. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about no. that today. Because last night, the PHNX Coyotes crew went to dinner with spouses and my mom. Um, and we have a photo at Pizzeria Virtue yeah. um, in Old Town Scottsdale. This is our picture. I, I, what, what a crew, first of all. Um, yeah. This was a really fun night. And the whole night, Craig was like, we're collecting intel for the show tomorrow. So... Now it's time to reveal that intel. Yeah, I just want and to ask everyone one Craig, question. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you take it away. I want to ask one question. So, Tara and I went to Jamaica on our honeymoon. <laughs> Leah, where would you go to hmm. celebrate your honeymoon? I would go maybe like Italy or Greece. Okay. Yeah. Sean. Uh, somewhere in Europe. Italy sounds nice. Maybe like uh, Amsterdam, something like that. Okay. Amsterdam's a fun city. Careful there. Petey, you got married in 2010, right? Yes. So where are you planning to go on your honeymoon? Well, uh, first, first there, there is no statute of limitations on honeymoon. So we, we haven't gone yet. We just celebrated our 13th wedding anniversary, and we have yet to go. But we will, maybe, someday. I don't know. I uh, maybe maybe <laughs> I don't like I, we we got married it's our second it was both of our second weddings we were literally we were back home by 8:30 at night I was wearing sweatpants eating cake and watching TV that was it yeah by on my wedding that was it that was our wedding night we had everybody over my parents her parents that was it that that, that and that, that latter I mean, fact that, that you were wearing sweats that horrified yeah. Tara that horrified and they Tara. weren't even Lululemon no, that they was what was <laughs> They were, the, they were the old school ones like you'd wear in high school with the stretchy at the bottom. Sure. Stop. Yeah, that Comfortable. Was it. That was it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what, what, what am I supposed to do, Craig? Take then, your wife on a honeymoon? By, by the way, and I'm going to take this conversation a step farther. So the, the, the remainder of dinner went something like this. Well, yeah, when we were in Nice, oh, yeah, when we were overlooking the coast of Monaco, and then Leah's mom would jump in. Oh, yes, one time I was along the coast mm -hmm. in England. Yeah, my London, mom is the traveler. And then Leah's like, oh, yeah, but when you're in Italy, you say this. And I go, well, my wife and I went to Target last weekend, and there was a sale on paper towels. So I, I don't know. Like, we had literally nothing to say. There's no – we could not add to the conversation because we haven't left the state of Arizona other than visiting family for a decade. You were uh, – but you were in Prague and Riga, and you sampled a lot of the uh, oh my lo God. local cuisine when you were in Prague, didn't you, Petey? Leah's mom was so disgusted with me. Because we, <laughs> they were, she was talking about all the food she's eaten around the world. And I went to Prague for nine days and I ate at three restaurants. One was an English pub that had cheeseburgers and American beer. One was a pizza joint and the other was the Hard Rock Cafe. And that was it. I did not have goulash. And, and I, you know what? I survived it just fine. But, but so I had nothing to add to the whole conversation. It was very frustrating. Because, you know, Craig's wife would talk about the wine they had here and the cheese they had here and the bread they had here. And Leah said, well, do you remember I studied abroad? And I hadn't. This is getting nothing. exaggerated a little bit. Just a little bit, but that's okay. Oh, Not much, man. though. Me and, DP, me and DP were like, huh? Like we had, we talked about pizza. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the difference, though, is Sean wants to travel. Sean will travel. He has that plans to travel. Eventually. Once mm -hmm. I... Yeah. You no. have more than $3 no. in my bank account. What, what is that? What's going on there, Petey? What's, what's going I, I, on with know, that? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. that. What's the point? Like, I could, It's on what's YouTube. Just watch the movie. Like, Grand Canyon. Went to the Grand Canyon once. It's it's exactly like it looks in the pictures. Everything you think it's going to be, that's what it is. It's oh a hole. Oh, my God. Got it. Move along. It's, I, I am... I am 
I am Griswold. Yep, uh, Big Ben, you know, big, big, and that's it. It's a, it's a big hole in the ground. Move along. Like, I can see it on internet and still Petey, be in bed by nine. Your wife wants to go to England. Mm-hmm. I know. And, she does. and you would so love we'll it because you love BritBox. So you could really I live. I love BritBox. You could live your your BritBox dream. Yeah, anyway. when you go, you can reenact scenes for us. and We can just show it on yes. one of our episodes here, Fair. one of our shows. I, I will yep. I will say this, but but it was good getting out of the house, and it was fantastic company. The food was amazing, and what I did realize is there are restaurants outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> like without about my two mile radius from my house, they have other restaurants. It was fantastic. And it was Petey's, really really Petey's really wife good. was like, "We got to move to Old Town Scottsdale." <laughs> I know. Yeah, thanks for that, guys. Appreciate that. <sighs> so now we'll be looking at condos and apartments in Old Town here in the next couple of days. Great, appreciate you. Oh man, but that was it was a lot of fun last it was night. Good time. Um Robert it was great. said Robert said they did their honeymoon in Louisville and they stayed at a, a hotel with a rotating restaurant at the top. Nice. Um, oh, Robert was in the military when they got married. I remember when the, I remember when those were the big deal, Robert actually. I I've been in a couple of those. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Lee, have you done that? I did that in in Duluth. Minnesota, they had one, and it was a rotating no, restaurant. No, I I might have been to the one in the CN Tower when I was younger, but I like I don't know if that's true or a false memory. You know, when you're like, what's that yeah. a thing, or is that something mm. I wanted to do? You know, it's like when you were too young. And oh yeah, Michael said walking and talking with Petey in England. You could oh. just interview British people about hockey. Well, will the company pay for that? Mm, probably not. No, it was really. I tell you, the other thing that was interesting at dinner last night was the, the it's not even six degrees of separation. It was one degree of separation. Leah's mom worked for a time at the Arizona Coyotes the same time I did. And it was during the lockout. And we were literally in the same building at the same time. On I was on the right side of the office. She was on the left. And I never met her. And that's a very Isn't that story. so we weird? A lot of people. And I probably bumped into her in the hallway. And we like literally knew all the same people. We just didn't know each other. Very, very, very strange. But yeah, it's cool. Well, and then your connection to Jackson. Good talk. Oh, yeah. And then I I, and then like when Petey went to stalk me on Twitter when we started this and he didn't know who I was and he clicked on my Twitter profile picture and in the background of my picture was his son, Jackson. My son. Just (laughs) random. Yeah, they're crazy. Oh, yeah. The Watts said you can meet up with Liam Kirk in England or Brendan Perlini. Perfect. That's right. Right. Go to, go to Sheffield. Yeah, we can. We can. I think we can punt this into a work trip, PD. Okay. I'm in. <clears throat> yeah, you can I'm write in. part of it off at least. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I this was a great way to do that. We should do this show like this every day where I just come on for five minutes and, and I just visit. I like that part of the show. This is fun. I don't have any objections. Yeah. Are you wearing sweatpants right now? I no comment. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's not go any. Joel said, Joel and Christina went to Hawaii. That's a good honeymoon That's a good spot. spot. Yeah. yeah, that is I've, good. I want to go there. I've never been. My mom was talking about plane the, rides. The oceanfront VRBO they stayed at mm. in Hawaii. Plane rides too long. Plane rides way too long. <laughs> it's gotta be shorter than. Oh boy! All right. Any other uh, takeaways from last night, Sean? You got anything? No, it was just a very good time. I enjoyed it. Yeah, the food, the was, food amazing. was amazing. Food was amazing. I'm not sure. Did did Sean taste his food? <laughs> <laughs> he did eat quite quick. Like the guy, the guy that set it down, the waiter. I, they, he set it down. I turned to talk to my wife. I turned back, gone. Like, buddy, gone. How big were like, those pizzas? They're big. They were big. <laughs> this was not a personal pan or like a yeah personal no. size pizza. This was like this was a share. It was like a medium pizza. 
Yeah, like sure. a, more like a 15 Sean is like, like how that. tall are you? 6'2"? Six 6'2". Two? Six two. Yeah. Sean is a 6'2", 25-year-old. Yep. That's fair. Man, so rushed it. Yeah. He did crush that pizza. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, we will wrap up here. We hope you enjoyed hearing uh Leah. Our, our judgmental takeaways. Yeah. Before you go. I'm I have two more ads. I have two more ads. I know. Part of it oh. is part of it's gonna lead you into an ad, or I can do it when you do the ad. Remember. Do you wait till I do that. the ad. Okay. Because God knows he didn't look at the rundown to see the, the <laughs> ad order. <laughs> no. Uh, well, the, the one thing about when PD stays home is Craig and I get to sit in the commish, which is a nice mm -hmm. change of pace. And I love our, our set here because we have all of our bobbleheads. Um, we have this really cool. This yeah, that thing. thing's awesome. This thing is so cool. And center. Yeah, and, it's, and we put a coyote's hat on it, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and the, all of this is from our friends at FOCO. Um, they have amazing... Um, Arizona merchandise. They're the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They always have your back for Arizona sports, so get the best gear around by visiting foco.com that's F-O-C-O.com and using code PHNX. And for all non-presale items, use the code PHNX for 10% off. Okay. Now I'll, I'll give you the floor, PD. Okay, we talked about this, and if if you missed the diehard meeting on Wednesday, it's too bad because it was a lot of fun. Even though we had some tech hiccups, it was a lot of fun. But diehards got to take a look behind the curtain of what goes on in the NHL in the video room. We had some some conversations with some things. Fucking solved. Is that who's who's that was our solved? <laughs> he didn't like that it wasn't centered in the table. So he came out of his office. And so yeah. we, we told a story about an embarrassing moment that I had while I worked for the Coyotes in Washington, D.C. And I promised the video, if I could find it, I have found the video. I will, as soon as the show is over, I am going to put it in the Discord. I'm not going to tell any more of what the story is. If you saw the show, the story would make the video extremely funny. If you don't know the story, you absolutely won't get it. So... You need to be. It's still there. pretty funny, so you though. You know what's going. On. If you know, you know. It's so funnier. The, the it's I'll funnier with context, but it's funny. Um, one of the great perks to becoming a diehard Craig once again was dropping uh, off-the-record information in the Discord. Which, by the way, we warned everyone: if you post that on Reddit or anywhere outside the Discord, you might get kicked out of the Discord. Just so yep. you know, it's yep. we gotta keep it secret. Everyone, the majority of people have done amazing. Um, not doing that but for the one or two of you who have we're watching you um but tons of great perks to being a diehard i think this week was so fun with our diehard um only hangout on wednesday night hosted by pd it was so much fun um just one of the many perks to being a diehard obviously access to our discord you get 20 percent off merchandise 20 percent off events you get a free shirt or hat every year at sign up and every year you renew as well access to craig's diehard only content the 71 question mailbag this week is for <laughs> diehards only um so just so many great perks and of course be sure to check out phnxlocker.com to grab your membership and receive exclusive content discounts and access to the discord of course so everyone head to discord when we finish here to watch that video if you know you know any other notes before we get out of here nope just that we'll be back on monday for mcbain monday mcbain monday see how things McBain work monday. out in arbitration on sunday if it gets there yep Absolutely. Well, what a, what an exciting week it's been. Yeah. A lot of events lot of that stuff. we didn't expect um, continues to be interesting even in July. Yeah. So thank you, Arizona Coyotes, for keeping it interesting. And thank you, all the listeners and viewers, for watching and listening. If you're watching this on YouTube, 
give us a thumbs up on the video. It really, really helps us a lot. And if you're listening on audio, be sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts, like, subscribe, follow. You can follow us on Twitter at Leah Merrill at Craig S. Morgan at S. Peter Taki at Sean underscore to pause. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore coyotes. Be sure to subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel so you never miss when we go live because we're live Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. We have more guests next week. We're going to have a ton of guests this summer, so you're not going to want to miss out. But everybody, enjoy the rest of your Friday. Enjoy your weekend, and we will see you all on Monday.